Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I'm your host, Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my colleague and collaborator, Ryan Donovan. How's it going, Ryan? Oh, it's going pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good. So we have a sponsored episode from Intuit today, and it's on a topic that you and I have worked on before, chaos engineering. It sounds really cool. We did a great blog post on it, failing over without falling over. That was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're excited to chat about it today. So Sean, Deepthi, welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Hi. Thanks a lot for having us here. Of course. As Aditi, why don't you go first, just quickly tell the audience who you are, how it is you got into the world of technology, and, and how you found yourself in this role, maybe specializing in, in this particular area. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Deepti Pantala, Senior Product Manager at Intuit, owning the vision and strategy for the reliability engineering track, particularly focusing on chaos and performance engineering uh, to improve our system resiliency along with our development team's experience and productivity. So usually, VPMs spend a lot of time thinking on how to delight our customers with new features and capabilities because our main objective is to attract and retain users that will help generate the revenue for the company. But reliability is also equally important because it impacts our customer satisfaction. And reliability is the key in making sure that our new feature services are actually available when our customers need them. So this is what motivated me to get into the reliability space because this is a must for any product. That's great. So Sean, I'm sure our audience would like to know a little bit same about you. What was it that brought you to the world of software and technology? And how did you find yourself in the role you're at now, You know, focusing on things like chaos engineering? Thanks, man. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Sean Anwar, Principal Engineer here at Intuit, leading Chaos Engineering Initiative under the reliability umbrella. And I work really close with the, the product team uh, and Deepthi. So it's interesting. Um, started off my career in an information security space, and I learned about how to break and cause vulnerability, mm-hmm. attack the system. And then later when I was working in a platform, I realized the product we are building, you know, they, everything breaks. Uh, so that got me into similarities that, you know, it's about having some sort of a reliability issues in the system and how can I, you know, find it, produce it, find it, and then figure out the impact because towards the end, whatever product we are delivering, it's to make sure that, you know, our customers have a delightful experience. Were you the kind of child who preferred to break toys versus building them? I mean, where does this uh, instinct come from to want to be the one creating problems? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, it's just the curiosity. How, when you are looking at the thing and how is it built and what's underneath the hood, right? Just to know the gritty details, you know, sometimes you have to break a little bit so to learn more. Yeah. It's funny, people of my generation, I'm, I'm living in a more rural area now. And when I talk to neighbors and I say something's wrong with my car, they say, oh, I'll just pop the hood and look underneath and figure it out. And I, I just stare at them like, I've never done that. I would never try to do that. But like you say, some people get curious. They take things apart and then you know they know how to put them back together. So it's a cool skill to have. So we've talked with uh, some folks in, in chaos engineering and we did a little bit of it in my last job. The engineering team did. I'm wondering how it works for for you all in practice. How do you are you intentionally breaking things in production? Do you have a staging ground for this? So we started like, you know, the chaos engineering, just to re, kind of retouch that topic again, is, is an intentional plant failures, right, that we wanted to do for that purpose. And by definition, has to be in production. But at Intuit, we wanted to make sure that 
we can actually practice this before we even go into the production. So we have test environments and we wanted to also make sure that we have some sort of a control way of doing things like control the blast radius, maybe run in a canary environment so that we don't impact our customer and learn. Uh, the main thing is uh, how to really test, right? I mean, chaos engineering is part is there. There are multiple parts of it. What are we trying to achieve, right? What is our hypothesis? And then build on top of it, you know, how we want to inject and how we want to observe that. So all those pieces come into play and that's where the tooling part comes in. And, you know, that's what we are trying to look for, uh, help our technologists. Deepthi, anything you want to add on that sort of the specifics of, yeah, how you build these, you know, chaos engineering simulations or tests in a way that keeps it feeling real, teaches you something, but also doesn't, as you pointed out, maybe puts your client's experience in danger. So running it once doesn't help. So this is an additive process where you need to keep experimenting things. So you need to take the continuous feedback, make some improvisations, and you know you need to keep going. If we are all good, then you need to move on to the next you know failure condition or the real time scenario, and then you need to uh, you know continue uh, testing it out. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to someone speak at the next JS conference, and they were saying the thing that had helped them advance most in their careers as an engineer was being on call even early. And then it's a very stressful thing, but that's also the thing that puts you in a position to learn when something breaks. And hopefully, you know, you're there with a senior and they can, you know, talk to you about things. But, you know, that being in those situations is what where you're going to get some of the most value in terms of education, you know, at a career and that will serve you going forward. You see how the thing works by seeing how it breaks. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, yeah, for either of you, I would love to hear some stories about, yeah, how you've done this in practice, specific, you know, like tests or or trials you ran, things that broke and, you know, how you or your teams or your employees learn from it. Like what kind of interesting war stories, anecdotes or data points can you provide for us? Uh, So before I answer it, let me set some context on the infrastructure scale with which we operated to do it. So we have around 6,500 technologists across 1,000 plus teams among different business units like TurboTax, QuickBooks, MailChimp, Credit Karma. And we are running our services in around 250 plus uh, Kubernetes clusters, which is huge, mm. right? And this is utmost important for us to be prepared for the failures. And in order to be prepared, we need to build our resilient systems. So it entered as part of our organization's charter. We provide different experiences for our development teams to run chaos testing, uh, be it be enabling them to run continuous testing as part of the pipeline or have a self-serve UI to perform some on-demand testing or making sure that teams participate in this company-wide mandatory game days, right? So let me share a small story from our recent game day event where we were trying to simulate the Kubernetes failure event. Mm. So there was one team who has implemented the resiliency patterns and created all the alerts, monitoring, and making sure everything is good before the actual game day. But when they were trying it out in the pre-prod environment uh, with the limited traffic, they saw some percentage, like uh, around 10 to 15% of impact. So uh, before the actual game day, team tried uh, to fix these bugs, validated again using the capabilities that I was just talking about, like the self-serve chaos testing tools. And they were very confident and prepared for the production game day. And and as expected, it went really smooth and there was no impact to the users. And this is huge. And the reason why I'm sharing it here is that the team not only was proactive in making these changes and making sure that the end users doesn't have an impact, but they have shared their journey and learning in the process with all the other teams in the organization, which motivated them to apply these principles to avoid any potential incidents. 
And going back to the point, right, where Sean was mentioning that uh, chaos engineering, yes, definitely it needs to be run in a dynamic or runtime environment, but it always helps if the teams start practicing as part of their design or any as part of their any changes to the production. This will go a long way. And Sean, how about you? Yeah, it's just uh, same as um, Deepti was mentioning. Aside from just the big game day, company-wide game day, we kind of do a little bit of drills as well. Uh, where teams comes into the play and they wanted to learn rather than being knowing ab- about all the resiliency pattern because most of the engineers technologists they focus really on solving the business problem mm. and uh, as you both probably worked in the chaos engineering and reliability space it's a pretty heavy lifting for somebody who is not familiar with the space so we also provide guidance best practices around that what to look for and internally we use like you know we call things as uh, fmea failure mode effect analysis because at the design time it's a very old practice started in 1940s making sure you go on a paper look at your design making sure that you uncover all the possible failure scenarios uh, which is not possible in today's moving world uh, with uh, a lot of distributed computes happening. Actually, that's what's helping us educate you know, our technologists, help them, and build tools that we can provide help with such scale. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say sometimes you can't even understand what dependencies are going to fail down there. You have so many downstream on your big service architectures. What do you recommend to to folks who to build resiliency into their services? Uh, so resiliency, I mean, there are uh, many ways a system can break, right? You're touching in something where, you know, we have so many dependencies are in place. So what kind of design patterns we can apply? The resiliency patterns that are out there already, like if your downstream is not responding, do you... First, you see if you're seeing the error, you'll retry it, but how many times you retry it? You know, you're not continuously retrying it and causing uh, more of a chaos and uh, having a cascading failures. So are you applying best practice in such a there's a circuit breaker in place which controls? Is there a fallback if, you know, dependency is not there and and so forth, right? And uh, apply it. And maybe that, let's say you're in particular region or availability zone if you're using AWS, are you able to fail over or evacuate from that such thing so that you're not impacting your SLOs in that case. Um, so there are various ways. I mean, every application is different, but some of these design practices or patterns can help. And and it's always better to be proactive than being reactive. So we've always wanted teams to apply these resiliency patterns continuously to validate and get the continuous feedback. And also, as Sean was mentioning, the FMA, the failure mode and effect analysis needs to be part of the design phase uh, and also follow the best practices and all the standard templates. So that way it's consistent across, right? So like, let's say if you have a downstream services and you are following one way of doing things and the teams are doing it differently, then things might not work as effectively. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always better to be on that standard set of tools and the, and the best practices. I think that would really help. I have a question because we were just talking a bit about microservices and you know how how sort of distributed compute is, how it can be difficult to tell. And you mentioned working with different teams internally. Do you work closely with the observability team, which often is tasked with you know identifying the source of a problem and tracing it back? You're intentionally creating those problems ahead of time and running trial exercises. But what what is the interaction with like the observability team look like? 
Uh, let me uh, take that question first. So prior to joining the chaos engineering, I was part of the observability team uh, okay, looking so into <laughs> distributed. Tra- That's where the smile is coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I can go over, back over my previous work in, in that sense. Without observability, I don't think that any of these chaos engineering effort can be any of successful because any failure comes in. It's the goal is actually to learn from that chaos is. Engineering is not about we inject a fault and that's it. It's really to kind of poke in the chaos that's already in your system. And are we able to detect it? Observability, you know, all three pillars comes into play. Do you have metrics all configured correctly? Do you have logs and traces to really tie in when you are trying to do the RCA or root cause analysis? Uh, so it's very essential. Mm-hmm. We work really closely. It, they are part of our platform. The modern platform that we are working on provides basically everything to our developers. Uh, we have unified experience in, um, in as a developmental uh, dashboards portal, we call. And from there, we build and uh, give them all the toolings to start off their you know, building application, observability out of the box, and now chaos out of the box, chaos tooling out of the box. So that's that's a nice segue uh, into talking about the the tooling. I've heard of uh, a couple tools, the Chaos Monkey, probably one of the originals, Gremlin. I know you all have a different stack. Can you tell us a little bit of how your tooling works and uh, how it compares to the stuff that's out there? I think in the past we were working, um, building a lot of small tools before you know we have Chaos Monkeys and other things comes in to do the FMEA. And we wanted to solve, you know, and being part of the cloud native chaos engineering, you know, as a leading in this space of uh, container based solution with Kubernetes, we wanted to start from there. So we looked into the principles of what technologies that we can leverage that are cloud native, are open source, have a strong community to back it up and a plugin architecture. So once we started looking deeper into, we came across Litmus, Litmus Chaos. At that, at that time, it was actually fairly new. And we are one of the maintainers over there too. It provides us capability to inject failures. It has a lot of um, uh, multi or cross cloud uh, support now. And the best thing is that with the community and open source, we are able to actually integrate with our unified experience within the development portal. So that was the reason behind it. But we wanted to make sure that whatever we are building or the implementation is just abstracted out. So we can tomorrow change it to some you know, other providers. If you wanted to see that Gremlin has something better, we can just move out to them. Or uh, Amazon have their fault injection simulator, we can switch over there. At the same time, we want to make sure that we have experiences for our developers, both in terms of a you know CI/CD continuous way of doing things, ad hoc, and as a part of a game day scenario. And uh, one more thing I need to add is um, Intuit is a big into open source. We have an Argo tools, and particularly I want to call out the Argo workflow, which is uh, it's a general purpose container native workflow engine for you know mostly used for compute intensive jobs, learning, machine learning data, and you know, even for the pipeline. But we can be leveraging that for chaos experiments. Uh, so that was a really beneficial, you know, handy tool for us to actually use and apply for cluster-wide or basically a game day scenarios. So we've touched on a few things here that I think have come up in a lot of podcasts. 
the idea of compute moving to this more distributed and more flexible world, microservices that are extremely useful, but can lead to their own complexities, observability being key to running kind of like a, a modern organization, and then chaos engineering being a great way to stress test some of this stuff, make sure it's robust. For both of you, what do you see happening in the future? You know, you don't have to give away the roadmap, but what are the things you're thinking about for the next year or two that you're excited about, things you're going to build to continue to improve this process, or areas where, you know, other technologies, whether that be cloud or AI, ML, might come in and help you to do a more robust version of the chaos engineer? It is, I feel that chaos engineering discipline is used to build a more reliable tomorrow. And it's pretty much globally embraced by the tech community. It's not an old methodology. It's recently started, but it's picking up very well. And as we are relying more and more on complex cloud infrastructure and distributed systems, the ability to identify the potential issues uh, before they lead into outages is becoming very crucial and important. So I feel that, uh, you know, there is a lot of future uh, for this chaos engineering discipline for sure. So our focus at Intuit is to deliver simple and secure and scalable chaos testing tools, along with uh, self-serve integrated experiences where developers can experiment the failures, identify the weaknesses to make sure that we have a reliable and a highly fault-tolerant systems, right? So two things that come to my mind that I'm excited about is one, creating a self-serve experience that would let developers release faster while also ensuring that they have high availability and fewer incidents. And uh, now that we already have some kind of solution, which we have been already doing is the contributing to the open source so that we wanted to, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that the industry around it can benefit out of it too. That was one. And the second thing is uh, championing the um, reliability ownership across all the development teams. This is not just one team's responsibility, but all the teams all the teams who are responsible for their services needs to own this reliability because they need to build the muzzle. I think that's when we would all win together and make sure that our end users have a delightful and uninterrupted experience. So these are the two things that at least I'm excited about. Alrighty, everybody. It is that time of the show. I want to shout out a member of the community who came on and spread some knowledge Shout out today to Ning Li, who left a question from two years ago. What are some best practices for chaos engineering? Well, these might be outdated, but we will at least put it in the show notes and you can take a look. Maybe there's some things you can learn going forward from here and figuring out what's changed. I am Ben Popper. I am the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like what you heard, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at rthordonovan. I'm Deepti Pantala, Senior Product Manager at Intuit, focusing on building the reliability engineering capabilities. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Twitter if you want to provide feedback or want to learn more about what we are building and how we are performing company-wide game days. I'm Sean Anwar, a principal engineer at Intuit, leading the Chaos uh, Tooling Initiatives. If you want to learn more about Chaos Engineering, observability, or in general, wanted to have a chat, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>